Welcome to Bridge from Nowhere, life on the far northern edge of America. I'm Andy Klein. I'm Jamie Carnick. And I'm Andy Klein. No, you're not. No, I'm Lou Logan. Not. You're Lou Logan. Come on. It's knock it off. Today on Bridge from Nowhere, bad jobs. Do I do it at the hay, the O, or the hup? <laughs> Jamie reveals an enduring love. Pork rinds, pork rinds, pork rinds, pork rinds, pork rinds, pork rinds. Surrounded by pork rinds, pork rinds everywhere. We talk with a local rock star. Walking in downtown Juno is like walking into like the Cheers bar or something, you know. Like, and find out the worst smell a solid waste engineer has ever smelled. And like the stinkiest oh, stink, yeah, of oh, all stinks. The worst. Oh. You're saving him from. Having his own family eat him alive. All of that coming up on episode three of Bridge from Nowhere. Mandruff. <gasps> There's a special word for men's dandruff, mandruff? Mandruff. It is now. And if your hands are dry, handruff. Oh! <laughs> the arm oh, of power. Have, we have that. And if you're... Do you have horrible talons for hands, like me? Blah. I just have a problem with uh, old man hands. Oh, mm. God. Velcro hands. Don't get me started. Velcro hand. Ladies love it. Especially in a massage. Ladies? That was good. It's like being touched by a lich. LL. By what? LLOMH. A lich. (laughs) A power lich or an archmage lich. What's a lich? (laughs) We're back. Bridge from Nowhere is here. What's a lich? Lou. A lich. A lich is a mage that sacrifices his body to a- achieve supreme power. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What are you talking about? How, I, didn't, I didn't understand your a, explanation is this either. D and D thing. Well, I was listening to the uh, my friends play D and D, and they were talking D&D about thing. liches, and I asked the same thing. What? <laughs> Pray tell. My dwarven companion, what <laughs> is to, a lich? You had to speak D&D in order yes. to be understood. <laughs> Behold, lo. Put down that turkey drum leg. <laughs> and your flagon of mead. Set aside the wench upon thy knee. Roll the die to see. Well, it's Bridge from Nowhere. I'm Andy. I'm Jamie. And I'm the Archmage Lou. <laughs> the Archmage. Archmage. Mage like magician? Regale us if you would. Some of some D and D nomenclature, please. Well, I'm not actually a player, but I've been studying and observing certain players. <laughs> like like studying apes. <laughs> You're the Jane Goodall of D and D. Sit back yeah. there with the clipboard and take notes. <laughs> I approached them All today. These guys play D and D in your living room. Entering D&D landscape, the scent is overpowering. (laughs) They've been marking. (laughs) I can see the leader by the length and color of his neck beard. (laughs) Old silverback. Old silver neck. (laughs) Oh, man. So what, what, so what are some of them we can, I don't know, it's just a fun thing to think about. Well, there's weapons. The, thing about, the reason I think it's a fun thing to think about is because when we talk about living here in this uh, kind of wild place, D&D is all about like the fantasy of living in a place that's wild and where you know you have these different encounters and you're fantasizing about that. But you could also just go take a hike in the woods. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you were slain by a giant owl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were slain by a giant owl. <laughs> Roll 19 to escape. But I was wearing level 9 armor. Critical failure. <laughs> I love the seven-sided die and all that stuff. Oh, I love I used to love the 20-sided die. Yeah. I played D&D a little bit when I was a kid. And College the 20-sided die is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I've never played because I'm not a loser. Yes, well, I was. It was. I was in college. In the I mean, 80s, I am. I was lying, but I never played. And it sort of was becoming a thing then, pretty big. It was actually a thing before that. It was sort of like a thing in the late '70s. I think is when D and D maybe started really kind of getting going. Yeah, I played in the mid '80s. I think. Yeah, I was like when I was twelve, you yeah. know, eleven, twelve, right. like that. Yeah, it was fun. It yeah. was fun. You have to have a good what's the, what's the dungeon, dungeon master? master. You got to have a good storyteller. Good dungeon master. Who's into it and is weird you enough. Need, you need like seven hours for it. You need a long too. time. I mean, that's yeah. the, that was probably why I stopped was it just, it's long. Oh, yeah. Like you can't play for an hour. No. No. It's not. It's a lot, yeah, a lot longer than Monopoly. Yeah, it is longer than anything else. <laughs> I mean, you could play for an hour, it'd be lame. Yeah. We made it one mile down the forest. We ate lunch. <laughs> and now the game's over. Stale bread and dry cheese. To be I continued level tomorrow. Two slingshot. Yes. <laughs> I acquired my level three stick, sharpened. <laughs> You encounter a grasshopper. <laughs> you gaze you at its beauty. Yes. And then you die. Yeah. <laughs> it attacks you. You're dead. Roll nine to appreciate it. You have dodged the grasshopper donkey kick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were thinking about uh, wilderness stories. You guys just spent a weekend night in a cabin out here, Windfall Lake Cabin, beautiful Forest Service cabin. Pretty yeah. fun, those things, right? Completely remote. They've got a... Got bathroom facilities, and that's it, kind of. Got to pack everything in and out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But it was on one of the windiest nights in the past decade, I would say. It's crazy. Here in there. Juneau. Yeah. We have tall western hemlock and Sitka spruce around here, and the tops of them were swaying around, and limbs and things were flying about. And it's a cabin called Windfall yeah. Lakes. So hey, yeah. guys. Let's go out. <laughs> Windfall Lake during the windiest, windiest night. day. Yes, maybe things might fall. <laughs> like the how wind. It, didn't, it didn't really occur to us until we were out there. <laughs> right. Like, oh, it's called the windfall. Maybe this is the, yeah. it. Maybe we're just killed tonight. Yeah. yeah. Just... <laughs> Nobody because... slept that night because it kept hitting the. I mean, stuff kept hitting the roof. Yeah. You literal, can say, you literal, can say literal shit. Yes. Just picked up a lot of, a lot of bear. It's terrible. Bear, scat. That's, bear why you don't, scat. that's why you don't bring Lou yeah. out to a cabin. Scat Fall Lake. <laughs> don't dish in the wind, Lou. Jesus. We tried to tell it's you that. It's an old Jim Croce song. Yeah. You don't dish in the wind. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, they're great. You know, when I first moved here, I was amazed at this idea. You rent it, it's like 30 bucks. Or, it's more than that now, but it's just a few dollars. And you can hike two, three, five, six miles into the woods. And then there's just a cabin. There that you can stay in. Yeah. You have to bring a tent. There's you can heat. Hold six people at least yeah. comfortably, and then six even more, and yeah. can hold like fifteen. You right. know, uncomfortably, but yeah. I've experienced that before. Yeah, yeah. you got to step over people to get. <laughs> but you don't have to bring a tent. They have heat. Like it's really an amazing thing that we have here. It's very fun. Do they too. Have, what do they have? Propane out there? Or do they have oil? The state cabins. You have to bring your own heating fuel. Kerosene. Like the Coleman thing. Oh, kerosene. Yeah, kerosene. And okay. then the federal. Forest Service cabins have large propane tanks out there, so you just walk in and turn the thing on. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah, they have like a, just a home base where you mm-hmm. can go out on the frozen lake in the middle of the night like idiots. I call it a drinking box because you go in and <laughs> you, you, you just start up. <laughs> yeah. It's made a gnat in the box. It is a drinking box, basically, yeah. And we play uh, games and... Uh, 
Dance parties. Dance party. Yeah. Sing songs. We went out on the lake. Yeah, we went out on the frozen lake at like midnight. When it was blowing 80 miles per hour. Yep. Jeez. Did Almost you get blown around on the lake? <laughs> it, was, it was like someone shoving you. Yeah, it was like we were all in mime mode, just walking, uh-huh. like literally yeah. like how mimes walk into the wind My is how we were walking. And took off. I ran as fast as I could, so five miles per hour, and I could not catch it. And it went <laughs> maybe a quarter mile down the lake, and I eventually got to the edge of the lake looking in the bushes for it. I thought I could find it, but the... Uh, Bushes weren't as thick, unfortunately, as I was assuming. I think it was more than a quarter mile, too. Like, Lou's hat blew off, and then suddenly Lou was just gone. (laughs) 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 Like, Lou, come back. And we all just stood there in the middle of the frozen lake in the 75-mile-an-hour wind with Lou just out of sight, (laughs) hoping that he returned. Yeah. I came back and I found found (laughs) them just laying down in the middle of the lake. Yeah, we lied down to get out of the wind. Frozen. And to trick you. (laughs) Help me. Well, we're lost without you. My ass you know? is frozen. What do we do? Lake. You didn't have the native guide. <laughs> Guys, it's right over there. We're yeah. white and lost. Help us. Yeah, down, smelled the lake. Yes. <laughs> it's that way. Tracks. I found a track. Let's find another one. Yes. I could see the cabin, guys. Yeah. Super fun, though. I mean, it was moonlight and the stars were out. Like, it's beautiful out there. And to have, like, a little adventure base like that in a cabin is really cool to just be it's out the there. Best. Yeah, it's so awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. so fun. I did that when my kid was little. She was like 10, took her and her best friend, and uh, we went out, to, Heather and I went, took them out to Blue Mussel and spent, I think we had the thing for, I think we got it for three nights. Oh, it might have been two nights. That's the way to do it. That's I think fun. it was two nights, three days and two nights. But we kayaked out there, right? So your kayak camping is great because you can bring a ton of stuff. And, uh, and we had a blast. And it was just, it's one of those things that I remember and Lydia's always remembered and always will remember. And it's just so easy. You know, like you say, 35 bucks a night back then. It's a little bit more now, but I don't know. What is it? 50 bucks 50 a night? 50 maybe. Yeah. yeah. 45. So it's, it's, uh, it's an awesome deal. That's well, great. I brought my sister when she came up with her kids. We hiked out to a cabin and did that. And they, you know, it's a thing that those kids had never done before. Right. And, uh, and, and it's a thing for parents who were, they were like a little nervous about taking their kids out into the Alaskan wilderness, you know? And I was like, look, we're going to go. There'll be like a building. And like with shelter and all that stuff. So we're not going to set up tents and we're not going to, you know, like right. be protected from the wildlife. Like in the summer, it's great to have for bears and stuff too. Yeah. To just be able to have the door shut and you're just in a cabin and safe. Yeah. Yeah. We have a mutual friend uh, who went out to uh, Camping Cove Cabin and there's brown bears out that way. Yeah, not many, are. not many, I guess, but they do come down through a that valley. A lot of people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've seen them out there. Point Bridget area. Yeah. Right. That, that's where the, that's where people are seeing moose every now and then as well. Some. Yeah, they, and then they were, like, stuck in that cabin for a whole day, basically, yeah. while the bear just, like, stood outside. Brown bear. Well, they were cooking moose. They made moose burgers. They made, yeah. made moose burgers. Yeah. It wasn't the bear <laughs> messing around with the door. Yeah, they talked about how, like, they had to push the table against the door because the doors are just, like, these... I mean, I think they're just kind of these push handles, right? Mm-hmm. So the bear was, like, pushing and it was the a door. And it was a push-in door. They could see the handle, like, so they pushed the table against the door, and, like, the bear was staring in through the window. You smell like moose burger. You know what I mean? Licking its chops. Pretty scary, actually. Really scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really scary. And they had a they have a little yappy dog that was they like, <laughs> 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 and they were like going, shut up, <laughs> hush. Yeah. So yeah, yeah cabins are great. Cabins, so cabins are, are the best. Great. It's I mean, a wonderful <laughs> wilderness experience. Yeah. Would have been terrible without the cabin. Yes, it would right? have been. I mean, yeah, it I mean, been totally. Rough. Yeah, I've, I've actually tent camped out there before, and I don't do that anymore after right. that story because that's scary. Yeah, Full of a toque. <laughs> well, and they're great for, like, heat. 
like to be able to go into a place and get warm. It was just such Dry. a big thing when you're camping and winter hiking camping. out here. Winter camping yeah, in particular. Yeah. yeah. But it really matters. It's great. Yeah. We were at that cabin. We The three of us went out to that cabin. In fact, that's the picture that I think is on our website. I believe that is the the, the banner on Facebook there. Yeah. That's a Camping Cove cabin. Yes. Yeah. Lou, you don't use Facebook, so you don't know this, but... The Book of Face. Well, uh, I just joined MySpace. Did you, good, well and done. I would like to invite you as my friends. <laughs> Are you on LinkedIn? You can contact me at 742-816 at CompuServe.net. CompuServe is good. <laughs> yes, I, I just found out about Prodigy. I'm interested in that, too. I got a CD in the mail from AOL, mm-hmm. and I'm going to use that. Nice, you yeah. should. Yeah. That's the future right yeah, there. I yes. Know. Well, uh, I had a wilderness experience last night oh. at my house, which is that um, I caught that mouse. Oh, did you? Finally. I caught yes. that mouse that's been plaguing me and has been clever and has gotten around it's every mouse you. trap. How did you get it? I, I, uh, I upped the stakes. I, uh, I got into an arms race. Mm-hmm. I went to Home Depot. Mutual assured destruction. Yeah. And I shot, going to, went to shock and awe. <laughs> The Klein Doctrine. And, uh, <laughs> so I went and I got all this stuff. There's like supposed to be this mouse bait that's supposed to be better than cheese or peanut butter that you put in traps. And then there's these special traps. But the thing that I then got, which I've kind of seen in like commercial areas, um, is those that sticky stuff, just the glue traps. Oh, yeah. So it's just a pad of stickiness, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that got him. Oh, but then he's still alive, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are hard. I've seen those before. Those are tough because then he's just. I don't like killing stuff. Me. Yeah, right. I it's, don't like yeah, killing totally. stuff. I don't. I'm not someone who enjoys killing things. I'm not even. I'm not really a hunter. I've hunted before, but I don't love it. But uh, yeah, that poor little thing. I was just sitting in the living room. This thing's been really bold. Yeah, where I'm just sitting in the living room watching out. a movie. Hey, Andy. Yeah, and it comes out. <laughs> 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 and then, uh, <laughs> speeds away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez. As your dog just looks on. <laughs> yeah, and Scout's just like, what? what uh, did you whatever. see that? Yeah. <laughs> Andy, get that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Alpha. Like, yeah. Scout's like, did you? That was a mouse, I think. Yeah, no, I know it was a mouse, Scout. Yeah. It would be great if you could get up and put a paw Maybe on it. deal with that. Um, and so anyway, yeah, so it got caught. And, you know, I look down at he's looking up at you. Mm, yeah. And I, I got a plastic bag and, you know, grabbed it and he started squeaking. Oh, no. That's... Put him in the plastic bag and he's just rustling around squeaking. So I had to, I went out, um, I was, you know, just going to take him out and throw him out. So I went out and I just smashed him against the wall oh, in the back, the stone wall. Oh, Yeah. Killed him. Like in the bag? just whoosh. Yeah, just whop, whop. Wow. Did it three times. They call you a stonewall climb. It was rough. I didn't like it. No, I don't like those glue traps, actually. I've, well, it's effective, though. I was sick works. of this thing yeah. looking at traps and going, nah, I don't think so. You yeah. Know? No, it works. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. They built a better mousetrap. They actually did. They yeah, actually as long built as a better mousetrap. Willing to just take it outside and beat it. Smash it against yeah, the wall. Yeah, when I used to house it, sometimes people would have those glue traps. And it was always like a grim yeah, thing. Yeah, it's grim. Yeah. Because it's not like you can can't really take him off and, like, you know, take him across the street and throw him into the woods either. Like, he's stuck on there. He's on there, yeah. right. He's yeah. not going anywhere. It's not a live trap. No. Yeah, he's 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 screwed up. Yeah. That's it. He's this is it for him. Yeah. So you can either decide whether it's going to go quick or whether he's going to sit there and struggle and, and eventually just starve to death. Yeah. Which would take days. 
this, uh, for a little mouse for a to little starve mouse, to yeah, death. If you didn't happen to see him. Yeah, if you didn't just bean him. Unless the other mice came. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think one of the things is I'm not sure any of us just have one mouse in our house. No, right? that's right. No. <laughs> so I've got more traps out. Yeah. Well, the other mice will come, and you know what they'll do? They'll eat him. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mice are awful. Ooh, horrific. <laughs> God. Just a cluster yeah, writhing mass awful, of mice. Yeah, they're awful, and they're <laughs> awful to each other and everything. Like, you're saving him from having his own family eat him alive. Yeah, like rats. Rats do that, too, right? <laughs> yeah, sure, rats. Ugh. Rats will eat anything. There's, old, there's those old stories of, like, rats being on derelict <clears throat> ships, and then, like, eventually, like, you know, because it's like a little contained ecosystem and then some rats will start to die off and other rats will eat them. And then you get these like super rats. There's one rat left. Just like one giant rat that's the like the size of, a, size of a Labrador retriever just walking around <laughs> just fat. <laughs> oh, I am the king of the rats, you know, just laying there. R-O-U-S. Yes, an R-O-U-S. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So that was my wilderness nice. <laughs> adventure while you guys were out in a cabin having fun. Out cabining, yeah. I was Frolicking. killing mice with my bare hands. More than we killed out there. We killed some whiskey and beers and We killed some burritos livers. and livers and lasagna. Mm-hmm. Bag lasagna. Bag lasagna. I was thinking about when I was a kid, I used to kill little things like ants. You know, like I had a magnifying glass. Oh, you burned the ants when you were a kid? You know, I, I remember that, getting a fascination out of like burning ants or something. Man, so there's a certain point where you're like, I mean, you feel terrible at the time too, but yeah. it's still there's a fascination with the power you have over some little insect or something maybe. I don't know. I don't I don't remember like doing anything particularly awful cruel, you know. I made a couple of pet flies in my day, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had to hamper their ability to fly. Of, of course. course. <laughs> yes. They love me. I had a friend in college. He was a really interesting guy and we had mice all over our dorm. And my friend Bill and I used to catch them all the time. Not with like glue traps. We would just do this thing of like, all right, someone's got a mouse. We're coming over. And we'd have like a box and like a like a broom ball stick, which is like kind of a plastic yeah. broom shaped thing. And we would set up these elaborate systems to try to catch the mouse in a dorm room. They, they also just... had no girlfriends. Yeah, yeah that's also true. And they were like ridiculous. I mean, it was so <laughs> stupid. Like Bill would get a bag of pork rinds and we'd sit in the middle of someone's dorm room, usually a girl's dorm room, actually. And we'd just make a circle of pork rinds around us. And then we would wait. Would it come? No, never. Oh. And then we'd, of pork rinds. we'd sit in the middle of a ring of pork rinds. <laughs> like some sort of a cult yeah, type just thing. With like a beer, a couple we of beers. We you, yeah. Bezel Bub, Lord of Mice and Rodentia. Zomity dum, 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 zomity dum. And we would sit there for like an hour, just drinking beer, surrounded by pork rinds, waiting for the mouse to come. And or the we, women. N- or the women. Yes, never <laughs> ne- worked. Neither. And then we'd inevitably start eating the pork rinds. Yeah. You know, off then, the floor. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, you get hungry when you're hungry. Yeah. Well, if you're already eating a pork rind, you've kind of made your choice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Here so, we are in a kitchen surrounded by yeah, pork rinds. Just, just pork not, rinds everywhere. We're no. not, not going to eat them. No. <laughs> How did you catch the mice? Well, then we would get up and then just like, it wasn't, they were just dorm rooms. So they were little. So then you'd just be like, oh, he's over there. And we kind of like hit the wall and he'd run out and you'd just throw the box on him. Or sometimes you'd just put the box on the ground and the mouse would run into it. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I mean, <laughs> These are stupid mice. Yeah, they're stupid mice. And so then we would grab them and we'd take them to our friend Alf, who had a who he he really thought they were cool and interesting. 
So he's, they are. They're, they're super thing, cool and they're interesting. Super yeah. cute. This little guy was jumping yeah. all over. They can he's, climb. But you know, he's taking craps all over a kitchen counter too. Yeah. You know, it's you like can't you can't have that. quite live with it. That's why you don't let me live with you anymore. No, either. That's, that was the last straw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really. Sorry about that. You gave me many warnings. I appreciated <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. I don't know how you got up there. Yeah. Balanced <laughs> stuff. Eating amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Underneath the counter. How'd you get it in the hood vent above yeah. the stove? Jeez, I'll never know. Yeah. But anyway, we'd bring him to Alf, and he would put him in his bathtub. And he had, like, a big, deep bathtub. And the mice, for some reason, they couldn't jump out of it. They could jump about as high as it. and then he They would, could like, really popcorn up. Yeah, they could popcorn up, but they couldn't, yeah. like, popcorn up and, like, directionally. No, well, they had so, run like, into a box get that out. got captured. These aren't yeah, the smartest. Yeah, they the smartest mice. And then he would, like, <laughs> he would, like, run a string over the top and watch him, like, climb on it. And he'd play with them for, like, a few hours. And then we would just take him across the street to the park and let him go. And then they'd run back. And I'm sure they'd run back. Yeah. And that was, but it, it gave us something to do. And sure. Then Bill and I would. <laughs> you weren't going to study. That's how we met girls. Yeah. <laughs> There's a mouse. Well, we're on it. Mouse busters. Yeah. We're in college. We have nothing to do. I ain't afraid of no mouse. Yeah. <laughs> we're in one of America's great cities and we're just spending our evenings right. surrounded by pork rinds in some girl's dorm room, <laughs> we're drinking tr- beer in the dark. Good times. Good Mouse times. busting. Yeah. We ain't afraid of no mouse. No. All right. Well, that's uh, Tales of Wilderness. And we're going to get back to some more tales here on Bridge from Nowhere. Is it so strong? Nobody can fight it. Is it so wrong? No reason to hide it. I've been alone on such a dark night. That's a little bit of Playboy Spaceman, the band that George Kuhar fronts, I guess, quasi-fronts, sort of fronts. Yeah, most, much, mostly fronts. Writes a lot of the music for, lead singer for, um, in there with uh, your wife, Bridget Kuhar, and a bunch of friends, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Wagner. Let's go through them all. Jason Messing. And, and Simon Jason. Taylor. Yes. So... Um, and they're a great bunch of musicians. It's really fun to see those musicians kind of coalesce into this great band that's been going for, it's been a going concern for, boy, it seems like four or five years now. Um, that might be right. Bridget and I played as a duo um, the first live appearance. It was at the Rookery in 2011. And then, and then I want to take this little bit of credit. Okay. Which okay. was around Glitters. Do you remember Glitters? Yes, I remember. And Glitters was a thing where I, as a uh, kind of event organizer and promoter of this thing, did the jerk thing that people do who don't understand how hard it is to make music. And I said, you know, at the end of this, one of these two bands that I had gotten to play with Glitters, and one of them was you and Bridget, and the other was Nick Wagner and Morgan Deering, mm-hmm. and they were playing as uh, Tiger Pilot. Tiger Pilot. And I said, why don't, we, why don't you guys get together and kind of jam, you know? That'd be easy, <laughs> right, in front of a live crowd. And you guys were really game, and you were awesome about it. And you said, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And you worked it out. And that was the first time you think you played with Nick. Mm-hmm. And Nick has become, I think, a really key part of the sound of Playboy Spaceman because of, the, of all the amazing kind of uh, percussion effects that he can do with the digital percussion he uses. Yeah, it's not 
easy to say exactly what he does. We always say electronic percussion, but that feels like that feels like limiting. kind of a yeah. yeah limited bastard kind of term. <laughs> you know, like there's more. Uh, that's that's not quite it. There's more than that, but. <clears throat> That's what we got, and that's what we're using. Yeah, I mean, so much of what he does is melodic, and so much of what he does is these other things that you don't think about as as um, the backbeat stuff, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But he does add backbeat too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is he's he uh, he can he can do a lot with his two hands and two feet. <laughs> yeah. So right. anyway, yeah. Uh, as a as a side note, I think Nick and Morgan are still planning on putting out a Tiger Pilot album. Oh, really? I didn't I, know that. Well, they recorded some tracks at Sun Studios where Morgan's sister Lana works, and I think they've just been kind of sitting on them, but I think they're going to start trying to mix them now. I'm excited about that. I, I probably shouldn't be talking about this. That's but. okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll check it out with them. We're recording this, you know, so right. that'll all be edited out, <laughs> except right. for me saying that'll all be edited out. We'll stay in. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that'll so, okay. so people will know if there was missing audio before that. We talked about stuff that's amazing, and <laughs> you just can't know. Okay. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about we we uh, we in a previous segment talked uh, some about um, you had you were having some health struggles and mm-hmm. you had a kidney replacement and stuff like that when you first got to town. But then you stayed in town. You started making music here, and and um, it's a kind of it's an interesting place to stay in town. In fact, you guys even moved out of town for a little while. We convinced ourselves that in order to grow, that we needed we needed to leave. Yeah, and we spent a winter in Portland. We spent a Juno winter in Portland, like September through April or something like that. Um, so what what did what did you find different, and it made you come back? And you've to me, you're the you're a you know you're a thriving musical voice uh, in Juno, and you're not you're not doing covers, you're not doing you know you're you're doing original music. You're really expressing yourself artistically here in a small town where there's gonna at some point be a limited audience, right? Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. Um, I, you know, that winter that we spent in Portland, I was still really growing a lot. I mean, hopefully I'm still growing a lot. But as far as like coming into like finding my voice, I was still growing into that then. And there was always this overarching thing when we were in Portland um, that was like, oh, they don't really need us, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because these days, like there's so many like great bands doing neat and original stuff and you know, what makes them special? And that's a big question. But I knew that Juno was not oversaturated with music. And what would be special is if Juno could have rock and roll concerts because we don't get many of those. And so that's what I was interested in doing when, when Bridget and I came back was I wanted to find out a way. And I'd gotten a taste of it because we'd played some big concerts that KXL was putting on at the time when you were the uh, the program director mm-hmm, yeah. there. And it was like, okay, this is something that you can do here. You know, like, how am I going to do this? You know, and that's just what I got to work on because, yeah, like I said, Juno needs concerts. Yeah, we had some, you know, like the Woodstock concert. Mm-hmm. We had That was huge. Yeah, we had well, like a thousand people or something came to that, which for Juno is outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That means that room turned over like two and a half times. It did, too. Yeah, it was yeah, it was incredible. Um but yeah, that's that that's so cool because that's what you that's exactly what you've actually come back and done. And you guys do this, you do a you do a yearly show right around the right around Halloween called mm-hmm. the Day of the Dead show that um that that's that's kind of the what you're celebrating at that time and and uh 
And it has become that thing. It's become an annual event that people really look forward to and think of as this big rock show mm-hmm. that happens, right? And it's uh, it's an exciting thing. But what about living in Juneau um, affects your music? I mean, that's about the scene. Mm-hmm. But what is it about living in – do you think that Juneau itself sure or it living does, in Alaska affects – I'm sure it's so hard to talk about that for because I'm, it happens at an, an unconscious level and that's how it works. That's yeah. just how like – that's just how it works. Like something affects you, and and when you're making music or making art, you're just you're. It's like you don't try to do it. It has to happen. It has to like something overflows in you, and it just like comes out. I w- <laughs> let me. I'll, I'll. Can I put out my theory? Okay, go for it. A lot of your music to me is about connectedness. It's about connecting to people. When you did a video for one of your songs, mm-hmm. you got. You just we went around town and got friends to mouth the words to different sections of it. It was about com- including this whole community, all these friends that mm-hmm. you made through the years, and um, and all these fans. Maybe they're not even like personal friends, but they know who you are because they're just they're fans and that kind of thing. I think everybody in that was, video was, was a, a friend, a, fr- <laughs> a friend and a fan. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> um, so that to me is a thing that is um, that uh, makes your music to me uniquely. Of this community, well, you know, um, walking in downtown Juno is like walking into like the Cheers bar or something. You know, <laughs> like you just feel like you walk in and the live studio audience claps and dun, 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 sometimes you want to go wherever. You know, like that's downtown Juno to me. Yeah. Norm, there's like simply <laughs> no like just going down to the rookery and and having a cup of coffee and and not talking to anyone. You know? Right, just pulling your <laughs> putting pulling your hood over your head, you know, just kind of <laughs> don't see me. No, right, and no. Th- there's lots of mornings like that. I don't know why I picked morning. <laughs> <Just say that. laughs> there's days like that. <laughs> yeah. I want to be anonymous today. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's 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 true. I think you and I are both are in that same thing. I've been I've been doing radio for a long time, so people kind of know my name in town, you know. Mm. And I'm sure that's the same with you. A lot of people have been to your concerts through the years and know know you. So. I think that thing might happen to you as well, where I went someone says vote. hi and you don't even necessarily remember their name yeah. or things like that, right? Yeah. I went to vote, and the old lady at the voting booth, you know, she asked me her my name, and she's, "Oh, you're well known." <laughs> like, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> you're well known. <laughs> I have, maybe at least she didn't say infamous. <laughs> right. It would have been worse. <laughs> right. right. I, if you you say the word infamous, I immediately go El Guapo. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> So what's happening? Tell me, tell me a little bit about. Is there any direction that you're feeling right now in your music? Is there, is there, are there kind of things that you're thinking? Oh, this is this thing I'm trying to express next. Um, let's see here. So I have, you know, I, I usually have like a lot of things, or at least a half a dozen projects that I'm working on, and some of them I'm like deeply involved with. Some of them are like just in like the barely baby formation stage and some are like these kind of like overarching goal kind of thing that's like oh this I'm kind of slowly planning this and maybe maybe I'll be able to start it in five years I don't know but I'm going to keep kind of planning it you know and there are other projects that are like holy holy cow you know like uh, this is I have all these songs and like man I should I should put an album out of these I should do it I should just like do it you know and like like, surprise I put an album out you know um so yeah, I usually have like half a dozen of those kinds of things yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, so yeah, right now I 
I have like a bunch of songs. Some of them I'm thinking I'll record live in the studio with Playboy Spaceman and other ones are like maybe I'll piecemeal them. And like um, next time I'm down in Seattle, I'll like spend an afternoon with Nick like, hey, let's record some parts on this and like maybe get Jason over at the studio over at Peabody's and like, hey, let's record some drums this afternoon, you know, and put them together like that. Yeah, cool. I do have some songs that are like demos, but uh, just overdub some drums on it. Hey, be ready to go kind of thing. And the big thing that is in the back of my mind kind of always is I want to make a movie. Um, and I haven't really talked about this too much, but I have this idea for a movie called Peabody's Monster. And it's about a surgeon who deep, deep down he wants to be a rock and roll singer, but his father wouldn't allow it. He comes from a line of surgeons. And and uh, so to to appease his son, because his son, I want to, I want to sing. His father tells him, "No, if you're going to sing, you're not going to sing this rock and roll. You're going to sing opera." So he becomes an opera singer, and he's a surgeon. And this kind of has some ties to the real world because we do have an opera singer surgeon in Juno. And um, but this is a story about a guy who needs to become what he really is, and not try and appease the ghost of his father. And and that's that's what the story's about. I love it. It's an abominable snowman story too. <laughs> the monster is a snowman that lives up on the ice field. Bumbles bounce. <laughs> they do. Yes. <laughs> well, George, that's fascinating. We'll talk. I'd love to talk to you more about that sometime. Okay. We've been listening and talking with George Kuhar from Playboy Spaceman right here on Bridge from Nowhere. Beagle when I was a kid, and uh, one time he did have a loud fart. He stole some Taco Bell tacos, and he was laying in his dog bed, and then I hear, and then he jumped up and yelped, and he acted like something bit his bunghole or something. And I said, "You stupid beagle! You're just farting, Tucker." You know when when dogs do have a fart that sounds like something, it's like a trumpeter playing but without a trumpet. Mm -hmm. You know, a little bit of that. That's how a dog. It's perfect. You've been but practicing. typically, yeah. a dog fart is. And like the stinkiest oh, stink. Yeah. Of oh, all stinks. The worst. Oh, dog farts. I used to watch Oof. a dog that was a poop eating dog. Oh. And the farts out of that dog were just. Ugh. I didn't like that dog. No, I mean he was a sweet he dog. Was sweet he was goofy, so nice and so dumb. But he ate nope. just dumb. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was dumb. But he was very sweet. Poop eater. Poop eater and bad farter. Oh, God, <laughs> the worst. His farts were audible. Often, actually, you could hear them. I wonder if dogs like make fun of each other for that. Like, <laughs> oh, it's a poopy. <laughs> 
He must be a poop eater. He does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Look who's here. Uh, <laughs> oh, here comes Fred. Frank's here. Oh, God. Yeah, Frank's uh, here. <laughs> yes. All the lady dogs leave. Hey, guys. How's it, yeah. <sighs> How's it going? <sighs> <sighs> if you kindly wouldn't sniff my butt, sir. <laughs> poop eater. No one smells Frank's butt. When yeah. he shows up in the dog party. Yeah, poor guy. Poop eater. Go, go, go smell Frank's butt for him, yeah. would you? No one else will. No one else will. He's a poop eater. <laughs> Why do I got to do it? Yeah. I did yeah. it last time. God. And please okay. make sure to do nose to ass contact. <laughs> <laughs> give it a lick. Yeah, give it a <laughs> Welcome to Poo Corner. Yes. Marissa Capito is here with us. She's the ninjineer at the wastewater treatment plant here in Juneau, Alaska. So, what's unique about how you have to approach treating wastewater and treating poo here in Juneau or in Alaska. Are there unique things that that you have to think about in a colder climate? Absolutely. Um, In an isolated place, you have to think about that. It's very hard for us to get parts. Um, If we have an emergency, if we don't have backups for parts, you can't just call the guy and have it delivered tomorrow. Next town over, yeah, right. That that's a huge challenge for us. So whenever we buy equipment, we have to buy doubles and triples of everything that we could possibly need to make a repair on it. It's kind of like Cuba. You guys have perfectly working stuff, but you know, <laughs> from the fifties. I don't think it's like Cuba. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna throw this. I'm out not there. gonna presume to know what Cuba yes. is like. <laughs> I was referencing their cars. They're they look cool great. old Chevys, yeah. the old mid fifties cars they have that are awesome, and they're all made out of parts that they've at this point fabricated, mm-hmm. right? Because they're keeping them going for Isolated. seventy years. Yeah. Right. Um, but no, you're just saying Juno you order extras. Yeah. It, as far as the cold goes, our climate luckily is mild enough that we don't have to deal with maybe the other issues that communities further north have to deal with, like poop sickles, um, poop sickles, um, yeah, digging in, putting in infrastructure, laying pipes in the ground when you have oh, permafrost. Yeah. That's like there. There is a whole there is a whole field of study about how to build on that type of land and how to put in that type of infrastructure. And so this is an interesting time to talk about you're a poo <clears throat> scientist, sort of, right? Poo engineer. But this is a family business for you in a weird way. Your dad also worked in the poo field in a certain way, helped out with village sanitation stuff. I worked with him almost 25 years ago. And that's when I went to Emonic, when you were talking about these these things. And these two guys just went to Emonic. Yeah, we were just there this summer. This summer. You the summer. The above-ground system. The vacuum system. Yeah. It sounds like a jet engine taking off when you flush the toilet there. It's wild, but really amazing for that kind of technological um, solution that they have up there. But they have, a, they have a, uh, an economy that can afford that. Most villages don't. And right. That's and that, that's – the unfortunate thing about this infrastructure is that it is very expensive. It un- There's not really a cheap way to adequately treat wastewater. It takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of engineering. It takes a lot of design work. Construction is usually a huge deal. And so when you live in a place like this, that it's already to just – it's already expensive just to get the parts shipped up here – and you may not have access to all the best engineers. You, you don't have that same level of competition that you do down south. That's That has a huge impact on the product that you get in the end. But we're also located on the ocean, essentially. Sure. So that 
plays into how what happens to the wastewater once it's treated here? Does it it flows out? It right? flows out. Um, we have three wastewater treatment plants here in town. Um, one downtown on Thane Road, so that goes out. The um, effluent goes out into Gastineau Channel. Um, the Mendenhall Wastewater Treatment Plant, where my office is, goes into Mendenhall River, which eventually, very quickly, goes into the ocean. And then a very small package plant, we call it a package plant because it's tiny, in Ock Bay, and it goes straight into Ock hmm. Bay. So obviously, these are all places where people fish, recreate, get a lot of crabs. do things, yeah. get a lot of crab. Yeah, <laughs> Brown crab. You, totally. Yeah. It's yeah. very important that the water quality that's coming out of the plant is how the best it can be. How safe is the effluent? Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. So so part of our permit is She's to— She's drinking it now. That's not mm. true. Don't tell lies. <laughs> that is so safe. You are the problem with the fake news. Right? It's you. It's Andy. He's a fake news guy. He's from Macedonia. I just yeah. got back from Macedonia. Yeah. Um, uh, Part of part of our permit is to sample the waters which we discharge to, and so at least at the Mendenhall treatment plant, we have to sample downstream mm-hmm. of the effluent pipe where it goes into the river mm-hmm. and upstream to get like a comparison, like what's what does it look like coming down, what does it look like upstream where it's not influenced. More often than not, the stuff upstream is worse quality wow. than the stuff downstream, huh. because you think like. Dogs poop on the side sure. of the road. People like people stuff too. runs people up. Poop on the side of the people road. might poop on the I'm side of the road. Big, I'm going to use a big phrase: <clears throat> non-point source pollution. Oh, very Correct. good. Oh. They're very good. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that's a good Science one. Officer Klein, you've got runoff from the roads. <laughs> you've got. I mean, you've got all kinds of gasoline, oil, like whatever is so running off under the road. Would you the... eat a crab that was captured near that area? Yeah, in moderation. Mm-hmm. I mean. What what I, are the dangers? Are there like heavy metals that could be happening? Or there's not, vitamin P. Um, Juno Juno is lucky since we since we don't really have any industry or manufacturing here. Our wastewater is relatively clean, so to speak. We don't have byproducts from chemical processing. We don't have a lot of metals. Um, we are well below any regulatory limit for any of those dangerous metals. So that kind of like it's that's called bioaccumulation. When um, these types of contaminants work their way into the food chain, but it kind of stinks, right? What the poop plant? When the water's flowing out, doesn't it kind of stink around there? Is that is that from the water no, or not the, really? No, the stink that you're smelling is not just from like, the it's effluent. It's just like high tide it's, stink or low tide stink. You mean like right near yeah. the treatment plant? Doesn't it? That's that's the solids. Yeah, oh, okay. that's the actual waste coming in. That, you're smelling that's the actual plant. Okay. Yeah, so, you're smelling. Okay. What happens to the solids? Like at some point, if you've got effluent going out, there, there's a bunch of stuff left over. What happens to that? In Juno. Nearby bakeries. <laughs> in Juno, we, we used to have an incinerator. <laughs> Pumper so nickel. <laughs> that is like a super, super hot, like I think close to 1,000 degrees or something like that. that was Clearly, it's screws. closer to a plasma than a flame. Maybe. Um, so that essentially you – so you separate – at some point you separate the liquid from the solid mm-hmm. in the treatment process. The liquid goes on to be disinfected and gets discharged. Um, the solids are then dewatered. Um, the solids I, – I should have brought some samples in for you. Oh, the, we love solids. I can produce one. The solids are actually very watery. Like okay. it, it, looks like, it looks like a mud puddle, honestly. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like, if, if you think about it, when you take a dish and you flush the toilet, there's, like, a lot of water that comes out of your toilet. So by the time it gets to us, it's just, like, watery. You don't you don't actually see – I think when people come take a tour, they're expecting to see, like, chunks of poop. Like but you really don't. It's preserved. just like this yeah. – it's just like this watery, mm-hmm. muddy-looking slurry. slurry. Exactly. So the solids. I'm getting quote hungry. Unquote, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> you want to make it? You want to make a deposit? Oh, okay. An eventual deposit to the pudding system. Just working up an appetite. bowl of pudding. So then the solids have to be dewatered. We have to remove water. Takes up a lot of space and is really heavy. So we try to remove as much as possible using a piece of equipment that essentially squeezes water out as best it can. So originally we were taking that squeezed out solids, um, call it sludge. Um, Corn squeezins. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was incinerated. The incinerator broke. Um, and in the interim, solids, solids are tricky business in wastewater because there's a lot of them. Yeah. There's just Thanks a to lot to deal with. And, <laughs> and, so it's, and you, it's fairly toxic I mean, that's the yes, that's kind of it, the bad stuff. It puts right? the waste yeah. in yeah. wastewater. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And there's tons and tons of different ways you can deal with the solids to make them not toxic at all and essentially turn them into compost. Um, night soil. Night soil. Is that what you call compost? Because it's black. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> because that's a real phrase. Is it? Night soil. Who uses that and phrase? That? I think it's something from third world countries where they take the excrement and they compost it and then they use it to grow potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's, I bet that's, that's right. absolutely yeah. something you can do. It's That's something that happens in the United States. There's a lot of... Um, composting or digestion, that's another way to think about it. Digestion is when you use a specific type of microbes to break down the poo and turn it into a reusable product. So to get back to your question, what happens to our poo? Charlie makes Stacy's pita chips. <laughs> after the incinerator broke, our current interim method of dealing with our solids is to squeeze as much water out as we can using that piece of equipment. That stuff goes into a giant plastic bag-lined container, shipping container. We bag that all up, and we send it on a barge to Oregon. Wow. How much a month? We do 10 full—not full-size. I forget the dimensions. They're very big, though. They're probably like 16 feet long, maybe 8 feet tall. 10 Um, per month? No. We do 10 per week. Wow. How much do they weigh? A lot. We have to be under a certain the 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 weight is escaping me, but we have to be under a certain amount, or else we get charged extra stuff like that. So um, these are just containers, containers that go on barges. Shipping containers. So shipping containers. Just, it, looks like shipping shipping container. Container. it looks like a shipping container. If you see a brown shipping container driving through <laughs> town, actually that's brown. brown. Yeah, that. they're brown. Wow. They're actually of brown. Of course, they're brown. <laughs> and that's so nice of you. that's been one of the. Can big... you guys get a clear one? <laughs> It's It'll lined, still be brown. It's lined with a like a double wall giant plastic bag. I just think the people would like bag. to see as it's driving down the highway. Well, you, you know? couldn't even see it if it was clear oh, because the plastic the bag, bag is. Okay. So it, yeah. it goes to Oregon and then they. It goes to Oregon to to a special landfill that can take human excrement mm. because you have to have like a very specific type of landfill that's lined a certain way. Come visit Bend, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Home of Black Shoot Porter. Yes. De poops. Yes. De <laughs> All right. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna cut this. This is fascinating. Let's continue this next time right here 
on Pooh Corner. Stay tuned. With Marissa Capito. Marissa, thank you. No problem. I did always wonder what was happening because you could see the stuff coming out of the chute into the container. That's where it's going. Yeah. Huh. Um, and I thought, those must be solids. You were correct. Very good, Lou. And I thought, where can I buy one of those containers? I, I don't mean, actually know where we bought our containers. I mean, They're I mean full. Full. <laughs> full. Yeah, he wants it full. We'd sell it to you. Just for the yard. He's going to make a house out of it. <laughs> Lou, Please. Needs, Lou needs some nitrous soil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're in the middle of talking about jobs. Lou, you were going to talk about your favorite summer job? Is that what we were saying? Actually, it was my least favorite. Your least favorite summer job? I was working at a shooting range as a clay pigeon boy. <laughs> no, no, you weren't. <laughs> yeah. Of it's, course he was. It was not a right thing. before a tournament, so these people were all high-strung and trying to train to shoot these clay pigeons. So they would... Uh, and it was your first... It was a... First day. First day. Only day. Wow. Oh, First only day. day. Oh, <laughs> preview. Only day. They uh, said, all right, we're going to, when we say poll, we want you to press this button. I said, okay. And But none of them ever said that. Every single person had a different way of saying they want the clay pigeon. You were a very literal clay pigeon releaser. Well, it was a problem because some guy, one guy would go, and when, when do you press the button? He'd get mad at me because I wasn't pressing it when he wanted me to. Do I do it at the hey, the O, or the hup? <laughs> and I told him that. It's true. He, you should, if you're going to have a release word, it should be one syllable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, there are guys, there, a lot of them would say hup. Like, it's like fine. saying Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> farley, 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 Farley. I cast out of Malata, sick of Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> so I would tell them. Uh, you, you should do one word. And he got pissed at me, and, and he was yelling. And I said, all right, find someone else. And I just threw the thing in the dirt, and I walked away. <laughs> nice. One-day jobs. Did you ever get paid yeah. for that? Yeah, $18. I got a one-day job. Yeah? What was your one-day job? I've had a couple of one-day jobs. I think jobs, I've had a few one-day jobs, actually, yeah. But the one-day job I had was I was working at one place and they uh, uh, during a summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college, and... It was a construction place, and the guy found out. I never kept it from him, but he never. I never filled out an interview or anything. I just went went to a place. Basically, I went to a job site, and I said, "Hey, you need any help?" You're like a day worker, basically. Yeah. And he went like, "Yeah," and he ended up training me kind of like a carpenter's apprentice, you know. So it was pretty cool. I learned some stuff. I was hanging drywall and doing other stuff like that, and just sort of basic frame construction. But. Um, but uh, he found out I was going to college, and he fired me on the spot. Oh, because you weren't going to stay? Yeah, like I, he had some grand plan for me or something. So anyway, he was like, you're fired. Get out. Wow. So I was like, okay. So it really kind of sucked because I was about five weeks, I would say, into summer. So it was tough because all the summer jobs were taken at that point. You know, like yeah. you're kind of – so I was really stuck. So the next day I went to um, this retirement village. I just looked in the pa- in the paper, and there was a – there was a uh, a uh, ad for a groundskeeper, so I went and applied. <laughs> I went and applied to so, be the groundskeeper. So I I put on khaki pants and a polo shirt, you know, like you do in the eighties, to go look like you're, you know, <laughs> yeah, presentable. And I went, 
And you know, this guy, I mean, really, it was just absolutely a caricature of a guy. It was like, it was basically like Bill Murray, you know, in Caddyshack <laughs> comes out and sort of says like, you know, yeah, you, you know, like he looks at me like, yeah, you'll do. And he like puts me in a golf cart and we go over and it was this big retirement village called Shell Point Village. It was this big, huge place. And so he, we go over to this one building and he points at this bed of flowers and bushes and stuff and goes, I see all those weeds sticking up? I go, yeah. He, he throws his gloves at me and goes, pull them. <laughs> you know, I'll be back in three hours for break, you know, and it's the middle of summer. I'm in a oh. polo shirt and khaki pants. Wow. I get down in these gloves. I start pulling weeds. You know, three hours go by, and um, guy pulls up, goes, break time, and we go into this caddy shack, essentially, shack. We go into his little shack, and there's all the other guys there that are like the groundskeepers. They're all gathered, and they start telling stories that, to me, just like I was getting dumber by the minute, (laughs) (laughs) listening to this crap that these guys were spewing. And then I... um, just went back and the guy let me back out. He goes, All right, I'll pick you up at five and, you know, take you to your wow. car. And I went over and I put the gloves back on and I went to kneel down and I just stood straight up. I took the gloves off and I dropped them and I walked to my just car. Left. Yeah. yeah. Just How old were you? Left. You like, know, 19. 19. Did you yeah. get paid? And yeah, they, I had no expectation that they would, but I had filled out, you know, a application. So they had my information, and yeah, I got I got a check for something like eighteen bucks, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Well, I had. Um, that's my one day job. That's your one day job. <laughs> I've had a few actually, but the one I mean, one I remember that I've told you guys about before is the uh, when I was in high school in the summer, I would have to work, and I picked up a job at an assembly line way out in like Lakeville, Minnesota. I think it was like a forty-five minute drive, and the shift was seven to seven. And they said it's assembly line work. Go out there, and it said, and it was middle of summer, and it said wear warm clothes. It's like, well, that's weird. Or bring warm clothes. So I brought like, and they they really said like bring like really warm clothes, like dress for winter, basically. So I went in there, and it was a giant frozen assembly line. And my job was to there was like a big freezer, and then there was a belt coming out of it with like a little like a little opening with a little flap, and the belt would come out, and there would be frozen ice cream cakes on it. And then I had a stack of lids that was about as tall as I was, those clear plastic lids that you see on cakes at the store. I would take a lid off, put it on the cake, take a lid off. Put, now, it was probably 30, maybe it was like 40 degrees in there. It was cold. And I, was just I bet doing, it was lower than 40 if yeah, it's ice probably. cream cake. Yeah, it was ice cream cake. Yeah, I mean, I had, cold. I had my winter coat and my hat and my gloves on <laughs> and like pants. And I was still kind of chilly because I was just wearing regular pants. And you're just standing there for hours and just... <laughs> Lid, 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 and they came like that's a person's life. Yeah, and I was just and I was just alone. There was no music. Um, I was that was my station, and then the cakes would I put the lid on, and the cakes would go through like another hole, and they'd just be gone forever. Um, and then yeah, they just you know they blow a whistle at ten thirty, and I'd go for fifteen minute breaks and like warm up and drink coffee, and then. Go back and that sounds like the origin story to lid to uh, lid. Schwarzenegger's uh, character in the Batman. I know. I could have become nice a bad guy. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Yes, and I, I put in my 12-hour day lid. I mean, I must have put. Put a lid on it. <laughs> Down high. <laughs> put a yep. lid on it. Chill out. Yeah. Chill out. Ice to meet you. Get <laughs> off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I put. I spent 12 hours putting 1,000 lids on cakes, let's say. you know, And then I went home and I woke up the next morning at 5.30. 
to go in and just couldn't do it. Just couldn't. No. no couldn't do it. Yeah, because I had to get up at 5.30 to get ready to drive the hour to get there to spend 12 hours there, get home at like 8 at night. It was terrible. Yeah, I was also a telemarketer for a day where I went into a thing that had an evening training at like one of the hotels and, you know, in like the, the Poseidon room of the Hyatt or whatever. And two hours of like, this is, I can't remember what we were selling anymore, but they said, this is the product. I mean, a little introduction to everybody. And then they gave you a script. And then they said, call this number tomorrow, you know, after five and we'll give you your thing. And I called. And the, I remember, I always remember the guy said, take the, take, you got a white pages? And I said, yeah. He says, all right, open it to L and start with L-E and go. And that was what I did. I just called, hey, are you interested in, you know, the miracle grow, whatever? No. Hey. And I did that for like an hour and it was all commission based. Right. So you weren't, you were just, you were only paid if like somebody bought the thing. And I did it for an hour, which is a long time to just call people and. Cold calling like yeah, that. Yeah, cold calling. And then I stopped. How much did you make? Zero dollars. <laughs> I didn't sell a thing, a single thing. My heart was, I was like 17 years old too. I mean, my heart wasn't really in it. Hey, Heather, hey. that's Heather has a, Heather was a telemarketer for one day, my partner, Heather. Mm -hmm. And that's her, she said that what happened, that she was selling windows, some are thermal treatment to windows. Oh, so you just. <laughs> so she started calling and they had some list and they had some targeted list, I guess. Mm, that's She better, said the only yeah. thing that happened is a guy asked her out. Wow. <laughs> Just over the phone, yeah. huh? Well, it's like, hey. you have a nice voice, you know? Wow. <laughs> and she was, and then she just sort of said, I obviously am not. This is that isn't. how you met? <laughs> <laughs> that was me. It's a beautiful story. Yes, yes, I would like some thermal windows. I would. My house is so cold and lonely. Without you. Please come over right now. Can you install them now? Yes. <laughs> we'll continue on with more Bridge from Nowhere. Okay, that's our show. I guess uh, let's thank our guests. Our guests today, George Kuhar and Marissa Capito. Got to thank the house band playing all house original band. music. George Kuhar and Steve Nelson are Kuhar. Thanks to KTOO, the Alaska Podcast Network, and Alaska Robotics. Thanks to our moms and dads. And moms and dads everywhere. Aww, right? That's so nice. I love moms and dads. For more info on Bridge from Nowhere and all our shows, go to our website. Lou made the website. It's http colon forward slash forward slash bridgefromnowhere.com. That's it from us today, folks. That's it. Bridge, bridge, bridge out. is out. The bridge is out. The bridge yep. is out. The bridge is up. The bridge is out. Until next time, the bridge is out. Kind of hokey. Kinda bridge hokey. is out. The bridge is out. Yeah. Bridge is don't burn the bridge down. The bridge is closed. Burn the blue the bridge up. The bridge has been burned. <laughs> the bridge time. has been blowed. We've up. burned another bridge. <laughs> we done blowed it up. We burned Real another good. bridge. <laughs> yep. Yep. We burned another bridge. That's a good yeah. one. I like yeah. that. We've burned well, we've burned another bridge, folks. <laughs>